to What We Like. We're your hosts, Cindy and Sonia. Join us each week as we discuss the world of adulting with some ratchet recap and buzz sessions. And be petty, because I have a petty spirit, so if my petty spirit is live, it, it will. of the weather right not so far we're not we we've gotten some rain we've gotten uh, the wind but nothing horrible like no no damage no power outage nothing like that and now i think it's headed towards the georgia coast and it's and the carolinas so i think it'll be around probably until the end of the week wow and it's been lingering around for a minute in the Bahamas for 15 hours. Crazy. Wow. And I saw videos. That's like unheard of. Of, yeah, I saw videos of like how high the winds were and the water and the rain. That it was really scary. And this guy who was doing the video was in his house. But he had her. Yeah, I hurricane. saw one. Second floor. Yeah. The, there was a second floor. And the water had made it up to the second floor. Yeah. That's that's Horrible. scary. Horrible. That's kind of scary. So let's jump into this week's car chatter. And we're going to chatter on a couple things. Number one, I know you don't eat meat. Okay. So I know you don't know. But I'm wondering about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, have you had it? And I what have did you not think? had it. I'm almost afraid to have it. I know because people, but okay, have they stopped selling it? Have they started back or? Last, well, they're out of it. You know, okay. we tried to go to Popeye's last night. It, it was, they were closed. I'm like, okay, the weather's okay. But they, they were closed. Okay. But they did have a sign that said they were out of the chicken sandwich and that it would be coming back soon. I don't know what the kryptonite is. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. I, know. I think I might try it when it comes back. I don't know. I know because everybody's saying um, that how good it is. And I was listening to a podcast today and she was talking about how good it was. And she was saying that she wished that they would just throw a slice of cheese on it and she was saying how much she loves Chick-fil-A, but, you know, she had to go in and get Part the Part of me think it's a lot of hype, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I may try it when it comes back. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> and then also, we, Kevin Hart was in an accident. His car ran off the road, and I think he's okay. I, I did see somewhere that he had to have 
emergency back surgery, but I think it went well and he should recover fully. Yeah, I did see that. And then I saw, you know, people always try to bring some kind of scandal. I saw something about his wife's trainer was in the car or something or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who was in the car. I think I, I saw where there were two other individuals in the car. He was not driving. I'm not sure who the two individuals were, but I think they all made it out okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good thing. And especially if his surgery went well, then that's a good thing. At least he'll be it okay. Is. Yeah, he'll be and okay. And my last thing on car chatter is... Did you see that R. R. Kelly's girlfriends are trying to raise money for his attorney? Wait, his you talking about the little girls, the two little girls that, or he has okay. a real girlfriend? The two, the two grown grown women. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they they seem to be little girls to me, but okay, they grown women. Mind wise, they may be, but they they're of age and they think they're grown. They acting grown, so I'm gonna call them grown. Okay. But they are they are trying to raise money for his defense, and they have hired a team to get them appearances, get them interviews, uh, magazines for whatever they can get paid for, and they're doing this to try to raise money for his attorney. Oh my goodness. Will you mm-hmm. will you stop? Like I don't know. I just I... the the article I, I saw it said uh, today they didn't have any interviews, but they're looking to get some so they can pay for his, his And who team. who would really get, want to give them interviews, especially knowing that's why they want to be why interviewed. You know, right. like, no, right. he needs to stay right where he is. If he finally got <laughs> there, he needs to stay right where he is as long as possible. Like, no. And why he don't have any money? He's R. Kelly. Like, that's just piss oh, poor management of if your money. <laughs> if you're paying hundreds and hundreds of families to stay silent for some creepy shit you've done, you might be broke too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And then on top of that, they did say that he doesn't read very well and he's not the brightest. Yeah. So I don't know. He could have been taken advantage of financially as well. Who knows? So have you seen the latest thing that Jay-Z said about single moms and... um and, I heard that, and it's kind of weird that that's coming out now because I heard that was from an interview he did at the beginning of the year. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, I thought yes. he just—I thought somebody said that he just said that like, like a week or so ago. Oh, I'm not sure. Be. I heard on the Breakfast Club that that came from that clip was from an interview he did in January, maybe. Okay. Or I don't know, but it, it, it they they said it wasn't something that he had recently done because the question came up, okay, why are we talking about this now? I don't okay. know. But what I heard was, if it's the same thing that you're talking about, was that he said that he could understand, I guess, some of the rage that uh, 
kids or people have coming from single family homes because he came from a single family home and he had a lot of rage in him and he was the man of the house and he felt like nobody could tell him anything. So going out into the streets, he felt the same way towards police officers. Yeah. So when I, I, it just didn't correlate to me. Like I, I felt like there was a whole, like, you know, when you read a story and then you, you skip a paragraph and then you, you like, oh shoot, let me go back and read that. Cause it doesn't make sense. Something's missing. That's what I felt like. I understand that. You... Well, I didn't, I didn't hear the entire interview. I just heard the clip that they played on the breakfast club. Well, I, I, I saw like some clips and then I read some stuff and I still was confused. And I don't know if that was like the entire interview. It was like, I saw like three or four different clips from the interview that he was doing. And then I like read this story about it and I didn't even look at the date to see how old it was, but it just seemed like something was missing how he was trying to, you know, correlate the two, like single moms and you know the kids being at home by themselves and and growing up in a certain type of neighborhood to police brutality and and how we feel about police or whatever how we feel about police has to do with how we're being treated by police it's not our anger to them that's bringing on the brutality in my opinion it's their anger towards us that's bringing on the brutality so i don't think one has to do with anything with the other even if you are angry at the police then what does that have to do with how they're beating and treating you know young black men or black men period so i i just even when i heard the whole well what i thought was the whole thing and it couldn't have been it, it may not have been it's still the two just didn't jive together for me I, I just didn't, you know, understand what he was trying to say. And maybe he just couldn't articulate it in from his head to his mouth what he was, you know, trying to say. Yeah, because I know I didn't hear the entire thing. I just heard the clip that they played on The Breakfast Club. I didn't see the correlation. I was like, okay, no, I don't think that we can say because you came from a single family home that that's why you're in the streets and you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing or you're angry with the police. I don't, I don't buy any of that. A lot of times you do have people coming out of that situation that are doing things or, or end up on the wrong side, but that's not always the case. It can happen with, and it does happen right. with uh, kids coming out of of homes that have the mother and the father in there. Okay, so we will go into this week's episode and we are going to talk about standards. And standards in the perspective of in a relationship and how realistic our standards are and are they non-negotiable. And then one more added thing to that, is it and I may have said this before, is it realistic or is it just like a selfish want? Okay. Okay. Well, so for me, um, I feel like my standards are, are realistic 
Like I, I try to keep them realistic. Um, it, of course, they're different now than they were when I was 25 or 30. You know, I had standards like he has to be five feet tall and I mean, five, ten and and above. And <laughs> he has to be, you know, dark skin. He needs to make this much money, you know, that kind of thing. But um, now my standards are more realistic for where I am because I feel like as I matured, I realized that maybe I should set my standards based on what I can give, you know? So what I mean is like, I, I shouldn't be looking for a guy who makes $3 million a year and, you know, he's super fit and blah, 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 because I'm not bringing $3 million a year to the table, you know? So my standards are equal to what I can you know, I can also bring. Now, of course, everybody wants somebody who, you know, who might be a level up so that maybe they can help you get up too. But my standards are realistic within what I can bring to the table. And without me feeling like I'm judging somebody else if, you know, if their standards don't meet you know, finger quote, what I expect, because I don't want to be judging, but I also want to be realistic about my standards and what I'm willing to accept and deal with at this part of my life, you know, where I am right now. Yeah. I And I understand that. And I think I am the same in the respect of when I was younger it was probably more on a physical level. Right. And and at this point, not so much. Now, instead that, of course, we all want or need or should have someone that we are physically attracted to. Right. But that is not at the forefront or later in my life hasn't been at the forefront. And then as far as standards or wants in a relationship or in choosing a partner... I I have or did battle with whether or not I'm being too judgy or whether or not I am looking down on someone. And then I had to get to the point of, well, no, I'm not. I'm just being true to myself and I'm being true to who I am. There are certain things that at this point in life I need to have from a partner. And there are certain things that that are non-negotiables. And I had to be comfortable with being okay saying that and being okay feeling that because that's that's where I am. And I think not everybody is on the same level. Not everybody is at the same place in life. We may be the same age or in the same age group, but not the same thing drives us or the, the same thing is not important to us. And I had to understand that that's okay. Right. You know, if XYZ is super important to me, but not to you, it it's not a problem with either one of us. It just may mean that we don't coexist in a relationship. Right. 
But Maybe. would you, and would you, let's say you met someone and you, he was maybe, he didn't have all of what you usually, figure quote, require. Would you try to help him bring it up or just feel like, okay, this is just probably not what I'm looking for? And then if you did that, it, would you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm judging or I'm being... I'm not feeling... No. I, I used to. I don't feel the whole judgy thing anymore because I am who I am. I want what I want. Right. That's just... It's, it's what it is. So it's, it's a thing of, I understand I'm not for everybody and, and everybody is not for me. So I, I don't feel bad about it at this point. It's not a thing where I'm judging or looking down on someone, but there are certain things that that I need to have for me what's a functional relationship. Now, as far as helping someone, um, I'm all with helping people, but I, I have to go back to at this point, where I am at this point in life, because let's say if you get somebody, a man that's 45 or 50, I mean, how much helping can I give that person? Because at this point, they are pretty much who they are. Right. I mean, you can help with, I, I guess, some things, but as far as drive and the initiative to go out and do things or make things happen I'm not sure that that's something that you can give to a 45 year old or you can give to a 50 year old because I feel like at that point in life they should have already garnered some of that right and should already be where they need to be or on the track to getting there really soon yeah. So if I came into the picture, I don't know what I could do to help them along. Because at that point, I kind of feel like their personality, their way of life and how they live, it's already set. And I don't know that I would be able to change that. Possibly yes. you could temporarily, but I think we always we always revert back to who we are. Right. Especially at this age. I mean, yeah. because we, you know, we've been doing whatever we've been doing for a mighty long time and not that people can't change. You know, I've, I've made some changes, um, over the last, you know, five years and I'm definitely over 50, but, um, so it's not that it can't be done, but it's usually difficult, you know, and like you said, a lot of times you resort, you know, revert back to what you usually do. Um, I struggle still a little feeling like I could be judging, you know, because I never want to, I'm a firm believer in karma. So I feel like if I'm sitting somewhere judging like, oh, he's not my type because he is X, Y, Z. And, and mind you, these things are never right now physical for me because I feel like the physical stuff I can work with. You know, if you have a little belly or um, 
you know, or something, <laughs> or you're not quite as tall as I had imagined in my dreams, you know, I can work with that kind of stuff at this point, you know. Um, but for me, it's usually, you know, internal things, you know, drive or I said I wanted to travel when I got over 50 and divorced and my children are grown, you know, I wanted to travel and, you know, that's, that's not on everybody's to-do list. And so, um, feeling like I'm judging someone because that's not their motivation. I still struggle with that a bit, you know, not as much as I used to. you know what I look at, what I look at in that response is I don't, I don't view that as judging because I think when we, when we think about the word judge or judging or being judgmental, it's, it's think it's thought of in more of a negative connotation because you're judging somebody for maybe something that they don't have or they, something that they're not. In this respect, I look at it as a sense of, okay, where I am right now, I want to be able to do things. I want to be able to go and travel. And if I want something, I want to be able to get it. And I, I, I just don't want to experience certain hardships or uh, the word no. <laughs> right, right. And there are some people that don't feel the same way that I do. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the way that they feel or they their way of life. It's just not for me. Right. So my thing is, and the reason why I don't feel like I'm judging that, because I feel like if I'm sitting in judgment of someone, there's always someone that could be sitting in judgment of me. Right. And So yeah. I try not to do that. But at the same time, if what you are doing works for you, and you're happy, then that's great for you. It might not work for me. It has nothing to do with me looking down on you or judging you. It just, at this point, I've just come to the realization that it just means that we are in different places. Right. Yeah. And Not and, that your place is bad and mine is good or vice versa. It's just different. Yeah. And I, I guess that's the part that I need to, you know, resolve in my mind is that I'm not necessarily judging or feel like I'm looking down on someone because I would never want somebody to be looking down on me. Although I'm, I'm okay with, after having been on, been on a dating site, um, you, you get thick skin and I'm okay with, um, someone saying I'm not their cup of tea. And, and I'm okay with that. I understand that. Um, so, but I wouldn't want to make someone feel bad about, you know, because they weren't where I am or whatever. Um, so that I still struggle with that a bit, but I feel like my standards are realistic now much more realistic than at 25. I mean, sometimes I think back to my standards at 25 and I'm like, wow, such a dreamer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. I can relate. And I don't feel like at this point when I say that I have a few non-negotiables, I don't think that they're selfish wants. I don't look at it 
that way at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are certain things that I need at this point in life for my life to operate the way that I need it to operate. Mm-hmm. For me to be in my comfort place, to for me to be in my comfort zone. And I have to have somebody that compliments that. Like yeah, and and I will say that I don't. It's not a just a blanket statement. Right. I think it depends on what what it is. Right. You know, if you have someone that 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 you're dealing with and you are well versed in a certain area that they may not be, and then you can do certain things that's going to help them, and that's going to promote them. Well, I think that's what you do in relationships. I'm going to be your cheerleader and I need you to be my cheerleader. So yeah, I'm going to help you in any way that I can. I think when when I think about it and I talk about it, it's more in like dramatic changes. Like if we are just drastically different, then that's a problem. And, and a for instance would be like you said, you know, you got to a certain point when you knew that, okay, I want to travel. You know, I'm at this point and I, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place emotionally, financially. All of that stuff, kids are grown and they're they kind of doing their own thing. I want to travel. Well, it would be hard to have a partner that just see no use in it. Not because they can't, but just because it's not something that they've ever really wanted to do and it's not important to them. Right, right. Like that's one of those things where it, it will be difficult. Like you can compromise if you want to be with that person and let's try to find a happy medium. But I think you also have to to be realistic and, and know that, okay, this is just really not his thing. So right. if he fall off and, and, and doesn't want to do it, in the next year or two or three, I can't blame him because this is who he is and I know who he is. So I think it, it comes down to a decision. Is it something that we want to deal with, can deal with? If it is, forge ahead. If it's not, don't. Right. It'll be a problem. And you know, on the surface, that may seem like something small, like, okay, well, just travel with your girlfriends or, you know, right. travel by yourself or whatever to to someone outside. That would seem like, wow, you're making a big deal about that. Um, and it, it would probably have to be more than just that, you know, but that oh, would be that would be important because that would be one of the things that, you know, I've said Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm divorced now. I my children are older. I should be able to take at least one trip a year. You know, I should be able to move some money around, cut some Starbucks and some lunch, and be able to take one trip a year, at least one. And if you know, if you don't want to do that. And of course, we all would want to take a trip with our significant other. Don't get me wrong. I love my trips with my girlfriends. That's very important to me. I probably low-key enjoyed that just as much or a tad bit more. But, you know, you do want to go with your significant other. And if that's not something that he's interested in, or to me, not even willing to do it 
just because he knows that's something you like to do. Like maybe that's not something his thing, like that's not on his to-do list of life, but he knows that's something you like to do. Okay, let's do it at least once a year. You know, he can forge through it for once a year, but if, you know, he's not even willing to do that, then, you know, that could be become a problem because I think right. we all do stuff for our significant others that may not be something we like to do, but, you know, you do it because they enjoy it. And then for me, I usually wind up kind of liking it or it's at least okay. You know, it wasn't horrible. So, um, yeah, I, I think in that relationship, it's all about compromise. Right. And, and that's what makes it work. You have to compromise. And then you also have to be realistic about what you have and what you're getting into. So, yeah. and I think that goes hand in hand with the standards and what you want and are you being realistic or not. I think more so than that is knowing what you can and cannot live with, knowing what's most important to you right. and what's, okay, I would like this, but it's not a deal breaker or it's not a non, you know, negotiable. And then right. you can, you can forge your head in that respect. If you know that, okay, I want this, but it's a hard no for him. Well, how important is it? Right. And I think most importantly is when you get into it and you know who you're dealing with, if you accept that in a person, you have to accept it in a person. You can't somewhere down the line be mad and angry and start resenting that person for something that they're not doing when you knew that before you delved all the way into the relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. You gotta, if you accept it, then you gotta roll with it and figure out how and not bring it up as a thing, you know, three or four years down the road because that's how they started. So you right. Don't in. go into it expecting somebody to change because that's probably not going to happen. Right. Possible, but you can't go into it expecting that and then be angry when it doesn't. And, and I think for me, um, my takeaway is it is perfectly okay to have standards when yeah. going into a relationship. I think you should have standards. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But then you need to be realistic. Right. about your standards and then you also like you said it, it should be balanced out don't don't expect the moon and the stars if you're not bringing that right you, you you i i think that you should be realistic in a point of expect what you can bring exactly. or expect someone to compliment what you have going on or you guys should compliment one another Right. You know, you can't expect one person to have everything and then you're not contributing anything right. to the equation. I think that is unrealistic. But having your standards and also having some non-negotiables, I think it's okay. Because I think at the end of the day, we have to be true to ourselves. Because sure. if we're not, then we're going to end up in a place where or a relationship that we're not happy and we're not fulfilled in. Agree. That uh, that should be that is a great takeaway. Okay, and with that, I think we will wrap up this week's episode and jump into our ratchet recap. Okay. And what are we recapping? 
Um, did you see this uh, week's Real Housewives of Potomac? I did see Potomac, and I think we were going to uh, catch up on the last two weeks because okay. you wanted to chat about Giselle and Robin's right. talk. Right. <laughs> so I was really surprised that Giselle even um, approached, I knew you would be. <laughs> you know, approached, not Giselle, Robin approached Giselle about, you know, how she acted, which rightfully so, you know, she... But were you more surprised about Giselle's response? I was. I was very surprised about her response. Like, I was expecting her to be like, wait a minute, like how she treats Karen and, and Monique and everybody else. But she listened and she apologized immediately. Immediately. There, there was yeah. no like backlash or, and then you apologize. She said, you know what? You're right. That wasn't the place of whatever she said or whatever. But I was like, that's how you approach a situation. Like that's how she should approach things with the rest of them. But well, you know, I mentioned it before, and the reason I think she doesn't, I think she and Robin are friends. Right. I think they're true friends, and I think she has a level of respect for Robin. Right. So when that came up, and I think she was like immediate, like, uh-oh, I hurt my friend. I disrespected my friend. Right. I need to apologize. I think that's what she does with her friends. Right. The other ladies, I don't feel like, she viewed them that way. Now, I think she did Karen right. at one point. But I think because she has some little messy ways and a lot of times they're kind of quirky and she thinks she's being funny, but she takes the funny too far. Right. Especially the whole situation with, with Ray last year or maybe two years ago, whenever that was. She took it too far. Right. And that kind of fractured her relationship with Karen. But, I, I mean, they may be able to come back from it. I don't know. The other ladies, I don't think that she feels that type of bond with. Right. And that was evident in how she responded to Robin. Like that sealed that for me is that the other ladies are basically co-workers and Robin is her friend. Right, or either like associates, like we all have people that we hang out with or we do dinner or drinks with or even go on trips with, but it wouldn't be someone that that we would deem a close friend that we would call when, when there's something going on. Right. Yeah. That was, that was pretty clear, you know, when she, when she did that. Okay. And then my other um, thing that I was really surprised by is I think it was on this past episode where um, they all were having a good time and then they're walking back into the hotel and, Karen and uh what's what's her name? Uh Ashley. Ashley have the Karen conversation. And 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 she was drunk, but you know, drunk people are honest. And um so she so she says basically that the reason why she has a problem with Ashley or whatever is because she needs Ray to be um cleared and he wasn't clear. Michael. But Michael. Michael. I'm t- horrible with names. Michael wasn't <laughs> clear. And so that's basically why she had a, a, a problem with Ashley. 
And to me, I just, I get it that Michael probably did these things and he probably got away because he paid somebody or the show paid the guy or whatever. There was probably some money that exchanged hands to make this go away. But for her to say that that could affect her relationship with Ashley, like if I'm your friend, then I want to support you through this. And however, however I need to do that, it's not going to be separating myself from you because I don't want to be, you know, a part of that. Now, if he did something really heinous, like I'm not saying it wasn't bad what he did. But he didn't kill anybody. And even then, I, I'm still friends with you. Like, I, I, if, if you and your significant other were in this situation and he did something like my, uh, Michael did, I'm not going to say, well, Sonya, you know, can't really talk to you because, you know, Boo did whatever. No, I want to support you through this because I feel like, at that point, that's when you really need a friend. Your your boo yeah. messed up, you know. Karen Karen was drunk, and I think she acknowledged that the next day. And she, I think she approached it badly because at the end of the day, what she was trying or ended up saying was her concern was for Ashley. Ashley was her friend, and she felt like Ashley was hurt. And Michael owed Ashley an apology. Like she was interfering a lot on that like she was just like he needs to do this and he didn't do that and people are asking me and I'm like you know what first of all because Giselle had said that at the beginning of the season first of all people asking you about your friends you need to set them straight you need to let them know that that is none of your business and if they want to know anything about Ashley that they should probably reach out to Ashley like that's an easy squash If somebody call me and ask me something about you, I'm going to let it be known, especially something private. Listen, that's none of my business. If you need to know, then you're going to have to call Cindy and ask her that yourself. I'm not going to have a conversation with someone about your personal business. So I think that when they say that, like that's some BS. Right. And then the whole other part of being concerned about Ashley and her feelings and knowing that she's going through a lot. Now, Ashley said, listen, you didn't reach out to me. Michael did apologize. We did go through this. We did work through this and I'm okay. If that's the case or not, you didn't reach out to Ashley to know what's going on. You just took what was going, the situation from the outside looking in and decided that he was guilty. Now, I think depending on the level of our friendship, I can speak that to you. Right. One time and then I'm gonna I'm gonna be done. And then after that, I'm gonna support you. Yeah, and when she was saying all of that, you know, he should have apologized. I was concerned about you. Well, if I'm concerned about you, I'm going to call you, I'm going to text you, I'm going to meet you for lunch and say, Sonia, are you good? How how are you feeling about this? How is this affecting you? You know, I'm not going to just, just think in my mind, well, Boo should have apologized to her, or, 
you know, no. And quite frankly, as a friend, and they don't seem to be like they were besties, you know, but as a friend, that's, that's none of my business. If you're okay in your relationship, then that's what I, that's what I want to know. So if I call yeah. you and say, son, you, are you good? And you say, I'm good. We squashed it. We're good over here. Then that's all I can work with. You know, I, I can't say, well, he should have. If you're okay with. Right. Cause what, it's not your business you know. and you're not living with him. I, exactly. <laughs> One last thing that I have on that is what did you think about Katie leaving the Iowa without talking to anyone? Well, you know what? Two things. So when they went to her room and she had a scarf around her neck and they in the <laughs> they in the Caribbean or wherever they are and it was like 85 plus degrees and she had a scarf around her neck. I don't even care how sick you are. Like that was alarming to me. So that would have caused me to say hold on girls open the door let us come in what's you know what's going on in here you have a Giselle brought that up and a scar like that when they showed that I was like so y'all just not going to acknowledge this woman have a coat and a scarf on like even if she was cold turn it she could turn the air off like there's no reason why a grown woman should have a coat and scarf on in the Caribbean like why did she even have a coat with her and a scar? That that was mm-hmm. another question for me. And then just the fact that she left, I could see maybe why she left. Her feelings got hurt or whatever. But, but her a, and Ashley had squashed that. They were good. Ashley apologized. She accepted. They moved right. on. Right. But I guess she maybe was still in her feelings or whatever, or she she was struggling with her situation. I still feel like she could have told somebody. Yeah, that was a little odd, but I I think that we will find out about that on the next episode because they'll get home and I think they're going to see her at an event or something. And then one last thing that I had, I saw that marriage in Huntsville is coming back on Saturday. I saw that. I saw that. I'm excited. I am too because I'm ready. I'm ready to see Melanie and what's his name? But anyway, I'm ready to see them. So yeah, so we'll, we'll have to recap on next episode about the season two premiere. Yes. And that will wrap it up for this week's episode. And we will talk at you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. All right. Bye. If you would like to share your comments or let us know what you think about the episode, please email us at You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at What We Like. Make sure that you guys are doing what you like this week. Because we'll definitely be doing what we like. Bye. Bye.